Welcome to a brand new edition of Problematic Women, a podcast that empowers right-minded women. I'm Kelsey Bowler, formerly known as Kelsey Harkness, your host for today's show. I'm here with a group of D.C.-based women, Kat Nickus, an attorney here in the District of Columbia, Brianna Hurley from Alliance Defending Freedom, and my colleague at The Daily Signal and new Problematic Women co-host, Lauren Evans. We want to start out by thanking our listeners for your kind words of love and encouragement throughout these past few very difficult months. For those who didn't know, Problematic Women went on a three-month hiatus after losing our podcast co-host, Bree Payton, on December 28th of last year. Bree passed away from a sudden illness and is survived by her parents, George and Cindy, her siblings, James, Jack, Christina, and Cheeky, and her boyfriend, Ryan Colby. Today, we're dedicating this entire episode to remembering Brie. We decided to do this because we felt that as a society, we could probably do a better job about talking about grief and moving forward in the wake of such sudden tragedies. Sadly, the women you'll hear from today aren't the only ones who have ever lost somebody that they've loved. So first, I'll be joined by some of Brie's closest friends and former roommates, Kat and Brianna. And later on, her mom Cindy will be on the line, who will help us remember Brie and give us an update on how her family is doing. To all of you listening, thank you for being with us on this difficult but very important journey. From here on out, our usual show will publish once a week every Thursday morning and focus on women's issues and current events. We'll feature rotating hosts with diverse perspectives on what it means to be a conservative woman in today's culture something that we all know isn't easy these days. First, let's talk about Brie. Kat, Brianna, and Lauren, thank you for joining us. I want to start out by asking, what has been the hardest part for you about losing Brie, and how have you learned to deal with that? I think it's been a process more than, you know, I ever thought. Um, Every time that, you know, I think about it, I just think of what a blessing it was to have known her for um, the time that we did and to share, you know, we got really close, really fast living together. And um, we talk about it all the time as being, you know, such, we were a family, you know, in a lot of ways. Um, And um, it was, I've never lost someone who uh, has been so close, especially close in age. We were, you know, similar in a lot of ways. Um, So really just the process um, and sort of even being, gentle with myself and with the the people around me who also you all even you know who know her knew her closely um and so again recognizing the process and um I would say one of one of the biggest things for me that's been so helpful is just the community you know Brie touched so many people from on a professional level everybody that she worked with the stories that she would tell about the you know fellow journalists that she would talk to you know that um, reached out to to us um, sort of we were connected to them you know through Brie after she died um, to the makeup artists at Fox um, to the concierge um, in our building who reached out to us an email to my shame I didn't know her name but Brie did and so she reached out to us you know after the fact and um you know, and, and just offered, you know, kind words. And so, um, that's been so important. Um, and so honestly helpful, um, and heartwarming to me, um, just the community, you know, that, that Brie loved was so big. And so, uh, you know, I feel in a way, you know, 
um, I hate that it's in these circumstances, but to be close to this community has been such a huge help and, um, and just in what's just been, you know, such a tragedy and processing through that all. Absolutely. And I have to say three, over three months later now, I still have basically strangers bringing up Reed to me. Uh, just the other day, I was on the way to Fox News to do a show and my driver asked me how I was doing because he knew I knew Bree, and he also told me a story of uh, how he went through a very difficult medical situation in a hospital in Washington, D.C. He shared that with Bree, and Bree was actually looking into it to see if there's anything she could have done. That's and so and, like Bree. Wow. For <laughs> those stories, brave. more than three months later, to keep pouring in, it warms my heart, and it reminds me of how many lives Bree touched. Um, Kat, your Bree's other roommate, how yes. are you doing? Um, you know, I think the hardest part is um, losing, not only losing an amazing friend, but also, you know, trying to live well like Bree did while also trying to grieve well. So one of the things that I've noticed was you're you're trying to work, um, you know, you're trying to, to still make it and to interact with other people who may not have known Brie or um, don't really know maybe what's going on or how to talk about it. But you're still, there's almost a solace in that. There's almost a comfort in the, um, the schedule because you still have to live your life. You're still called to live your life well and to get the job done. And so I think the hardest part is um, trying to live those two lives because people are relying on you. You know, there's still chaos. This is D.C., so there's a lot going on at all times. But you're trying to grieve with also trying to to live well. And I think that's something that Bree did really well was live well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone talks about life as a gift. Um, and, and I think it's so easy, at least for me, to say, yeah, yeah, life life is a gift. Sure, life's, life's a gift, especially in the pro-life world. Life is you know, always, that's a, almost a tagline um, in a good way. Life is a gift. <laughs> yes. But what does it mean to actually have the gift of life and, and to live life like it's a gift? That's that's where Brie comes in, and that's where her memory always um, just sort of comes up and hits me is, um, you know, she, she really did live life like it was a gift. She was a gift to others. She was hope to others. She never took anything for granted. Um, you know, she would have food waiting for us when we got home from work. Um, she, you know, I tried to have food one time and, and I tried to convince Brianna and Brie to, to have some of my food, which didn't look very, very appetizing, but they still um, took a look at it and, and kind of gave me an awe. That's sweet. Um, in a very, in a very Brie way. In a very, oh, oh. oh. no, thank you. Okay. <laughs> but she just did everything so, so well. And, um, so the hardest thing is just, yeah, is just trying to live live life well, knowing that a big part of it is just never going to be the same. Yeah, I, I I agree with that, Kat. It's you're you're sad and and you're at work, you're at the store, and you know it, you're not. It's not on your mind. And then I'll see somebody at the grocery store. It's like this beautiful woman with dark hair, and it, you like in your head, you're like, oh my gosh, that, like is that you know? You just like forget for a moment, and then it, you see a picture of her, or you like. Every time I walk in this podcast studio, it's just like this feeling of it's a feeling of happiness. And you think of like, how lucky was it that we got to know this this person? But it's just it reminds you like she's gone and and she's not coming back. And it's just this this feeling of like you you want to get this feeling away and you want to keep it. And it's this 
and that's what I've kind of learned about grief too is it's this double-edged sword pretty much across the board where you feel guilty when you aren't sad you feel guilty when you are sad Mm -hmm. you want to talk to everybody about it you want to keep it close to your vest um and yeah I just think reflecting on you know who Brie was as a person and how she is looking down from us from heaven like just happy to see our personal growth through this and happy that we're we're trying that she's missed, but we're still trying to to look at her and learn from her and how to better ourselves through this. Absolutely. And uh, when I think back through the past three months, I feel selfish sharing this because it's very me centric. But then I also realize I have to allow myself to feel what I feel and be honest about what I'm feeling. And the way I felt um, is very alone in a lot of ways in my career because, um, of course, most of you know, Brie was a prolific writer at The Federalist. Uh, that's how her and I met three years ago. I thought at the time we were the same age. Um, nope. Turns out I was three years uh, older than her. Uh, she was just so advanced in her career She and, and so mature. Um, And so kind-hearted, she carried herself like she was wise beyond her years. Um, And and we just immediately hit it off, I think, because, of course, we had so many interests and overlaps in our careers. But we are all lucky. I would say all of us here are lucky to be working in an industry where it's not just a job. It's so much more than that. Um, You know, I know on the issue of of life, Brie was so passionate about that. and, you know, our, our careers progressed um, very, you know, very similarly in, in, in time. We both started doing Fox. I would say Brie was a little bit more advanced than me because she was so brave and so bold and uh, would just go out there and do her thing. Meanwhile, I'm like shaking as I'm about to go on for the first couple times. Um, but I looked up to Brie in so many ways because she really understood where I was in my career in a way that unfortunately nobody else did. And I was able to go to her with questions about how do you deal with a producer or how do you deal with, you know, the most mundane things that that we deal with in our careers. Um, And then beyond that, we form such a relationship and such a friendship um, because our values were so aligned. And, and that's really where Brie opened the door for me to, I, I think, really grow into a better person, become stronger in my faith, challenge my faith, um, and, and, and actually commit to not just being a kind person. I always like to think I'm a pretty kind person, but actually commit to doing those acts of kindness where um, I know uh, a lot of the eulogies that um, people spoke about Brie actually, you know, taking that step to helping someone, um, helping someone who is homeless on the streets, buying them a sandwich. And it was so it, it, it was so mind boggling in a way because we all knew that side of Brie here in D.C. And then when we went out to California to her service there and got to know her family and heard this, these stories from her family, you realize she was the exact same person there 
she, when her sister came to visit DC, she made sure that when a homeless person was hungry, her and her sister went and bought that woman a sandwich. And that's just who Brie is. And um, that's to this day, I think what's gotten me through this is that Brie has inspired me to be a better person. Um, I think about her every day and I, I really think you know, if and when I raise a young girl, she's the type of person that I want that girl to be. Um, so I would say that's how Brie is still living in my life and challenging me to be a better person. And uh, that leads me to my next question. How do we find hope in this tragedy and how do we make meaning of it? So I, I think one of the things, actually, really the primary thing, I can't think about Brie without thinking about her faith and how her faith inspired me and us. And we were talking about it, you know, what people were writing in eulogies and what people, you know, were sharing on social media and all these different things we got to experience from our living room couch. Um, I totally relate to you, Kelsey, in that she um, inspired on every level when it came to um, just living out your life as a human and in your career um, and all these different things. Um, I was so inspired by her and I admire her and I want to be like her. And that was, I felt that way when she was alive and I feel that way now. Um, you know, her spirit living on in heaven. Um, so I have, I can't think about her without thinking about heaven. Um, and, um, there were a couple instances, um, you know, when we were together, um, you know, where she would share so boldly, just like you said, and actually somebody close to her when we were texting, you know, after she passed away, um, somebody close to her texted me and said, you know, um, Brie was so bold um, and she was so bold because her brand was God um, and she didn't care what people thought about that or um, and, and she and she lived like that. And that was in every medium when she was on Fox speaking to millions, you know, when she was just with us in a room. Right. On um, our living room couch. <laughs> right. And so, um, you know, I can't I, I can't think about uh, Brie without thinking about heaven. And actually one of the things that really spoke to me, this was the first weekend that we were back in our apartment and um, we were obviously, I mean like the devastation runs so deep and it was so deep for us. So I can't imagine what it was like for so many others like you all and the Federalists and her family. Um, but I was sitting on our couch um, just recognizing, you know, the huge void um, that now exists. And so I, I thought, well, you know, what would Brie do? almost in a way in, in, in something like this. And I actually, so um, I went to the Psalms for comfort, which I feel like a lot of people can relate to. It's one of those sort of, it gives you these, uh, you know, sort of precious scriptures to rely on when you're, you know, feeling all different kinds of um, things. And so actually, so I flopped open this like giant Bible that I have and I opened up to um, Psalm 116 um, and my eyes just fell right to this verse that says, um, Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. And I thought, I actually have no idea what that means. So (laughs) it was very strange to me. Like, why would that be precious? And so I uh, did a little bit of research on it. And actually what it it meant in that time period, um, scholars read that as saying the Lord recognizes when he lifts a saint from earth, the gap that's going to be left. He doesn't do it haphazardly. He knows the consequence of their life. Um, and he knows the pain that her friends are going to feel, that her family is going to feel, and there's somehow purpose in it. And so, honestly, in the past three months, I can't, I can't let go of that because Brie was the best of us. Mm-hmm. You know, like we can all say that. I think that she, 
um, she was one of those people, again, like just um, strangers, you know, they would feel a connection to her um, because really, I think Brie lived in light of eternity. Brie lived for heaven. Yes. And so um, ultimately, I think that the, the pain is so real. And as humans, the grief is so real. But the hope is that um, that there's heaven and and everybody who knows Brie knows that she believed in that. Um, and so for me, that's been, um, you know, that uh, I can't help but think of heaven. Yeah, and I think that there was a real physical manifestation of that when Brianna and I were sitting on our couch after Brie passed and we were talking about Brie's life and the impact that she had on people. And even just looking over and realizing there were two of us now sitting on the couch that three of us used to sit on and we all kind of had our own spots on the couch, our own blankets. <laughs> Whenever we would watch TV, Aww. we would have sort of our, you know, our assigned seats that we <laughs> claimed and looking over and seeing, you know, only two, um, I think really kind of drove home the the significance. I actually took it as something really powerful that there were three of us and one was called home and I could just, you know, hear God say, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. And you two, <laughs> there's more work to be done here <laughs> for you both. Um, so I think, yeah, there's just, there's so much hope. Um, I think one of the things that made Bree so attractive to everyone she met was that she was just hopeful and, and kind. And she was hope incarnate. Um, I think people, especially in... Um, especially in D.C. because it is, it, it is you know, a, a rough, difficult place at times. I think people want hope, and she was hope. And she is hope still since, you know, the hope that, that lived in Brie and that Brie showed to others was, was Jesus, and that hope never, never dies. So people can still hope in her even, even though she's, you know, not here anymore. Her legacy is, and and I think of that as hope perfected, that she— she was hope, and she still is hope, and now that hope is perfected, so people can still find comfort in in the same old Brie. Um, it's just now more perfect. I think that, you know, the common theme of, of faith being woven between how all of us feel is, is really the only thing that has the power to get us through something like this. And I don't know about you guys, but one thing that constantly runs through my head almost daily is why her and not me. And I think I identify with that even more because every time I go over to Fox News, I know this could have been her. Why isn't it her today? Why is it me? And I think it's only time that will heal. I don't think I'll ever have the answer to that. Um, but uh, somebody else does, and that person is God, and we just have to put his faith, put our faith in God that he had bigger plans for her and for us. That Kat, you're exactly right, that he wasn't done with us down here, and um, we have a lot to, a lot of work to do, and a lot of work to live up to the ideal of I want to thank Kat and Brianna. We got beer last night, and we were talking— I've seen a lot of people grow closer to God and um, her services were beautiful and how confident people were. And I don't think that I was like ever grew farther apart from God through this, 
But I, I just never had that like, yes, Lord, I trust you. It was like, okay, God, like if this is what we have to do, like this is what we have to do. And it, it was, there was like an anger to it and there was a, um, like confusion to it. But what, what they helped me realize last night is that this has been so great for my faith because it made it real. Um, I think of there's a C.S. Lewis sermon called The Weight of Glory that talks about, besides the Holy Communion, the like holiest items in on the earth are humans and how we treat every person. You know, we're, we're talking to immortal beings and the idea that like every interaction you have, and I think Brie saw this clearly. And, and so thinking through like my relationship with God and, and Brie's relationship with God and what I can learn, this hope of, a, we are eternal, and and Bree is in heaven, and and heaven's this great place, and she's her perfect body is, and 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 we will all be united. But also too that we are down here, and we still have we do con- continue our mission, and that we have the opportunity to continue to reach people like Bree did, and and it adds a weight to you. And I I like the way that C.S. Lewis calls that the weight of glory, but it's also freeing in a sense that we can make a difference and and even in the worst suffering that I've had to experience in in my life, like God is still working through us and and God is, is there. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's a lot to think about, but I think changes the way that you interact with every person that you meet. Just to pivot one more thing. I think what we're doing here is, is important. And I don't want anyone to think that we are, you know, just trying to like trees have had so many beautiful eulogies and there's been so many great tributes. And I don't want this podcast to be just another tribute to Brie because we could spend the next 10 years doing a weekly podcast about how beautiful Brie was and, and how special <laughs> really? she was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I really wanted to take this opportunity to talk about grief and be honest and, and show particularly young women that, that, this is hard and, and suffering is good. And, and you have to learn from Brie and learn from, uh, from grief. Um, and, and if you have a friend right now who might be struggling with grief, might be struggling with depression, anxiety, any of these, these issues that are internal, uh, I just have on my heart that I really would encourage you and challenge you to reach out to those friends. And don't smother them. Don't put too much attention on them. But just reach out to them and say, hey, I see you. I, I see your 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 problems and I want to let you know I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. And just just be there. And I, I think as society, like the more that we can be real and we're not this like fake, oh, I'm happy today, like everything's great. Look at my Instagram. You know, we're all smiling. Like the more that we can really dig into each other's problems and and love each other through it, I think a lot of these divisions that we see are gonna come together. So I just hope listening to this. I hope you leave it sad. I hope you leave it hopeful, but I hope you just really want to change and want to be better. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, before we transition into the next segment, I want to say um, in thinking through what Brie would want us to be and how she would want us to live um, in, in her absence, I, I wrote down Brie would want us to be bold, to be curious, to be kind and to never apologize for what we believe. Thank you 
all for sharing. I know this is not easy to talk about, but as hard as it is for us, um, we only know knew Brie for a few short years and can only imagine what it's like for her family. So when we come back, we will have Bree's mom, Cindy Payton, on the line. Hi, Cindy. Thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me, Kelsey. So on the line here, we have Lauren Evans and Bree's former roommates, who I know you know well, Kat and Brianna. Hi, Cindy. Yes. Cindy. Hi, ladies. How are you doing? Good. Good to hear your voice. You too, Bree. <laughs> So I'm going to let all of them jump in, but I'd love to start this interview just by asking you if you could share how you are doing personally, how your family is doing, and how you all are coping with such a huge loss of this beautiful soul. Yeah, well, I'm feeling, I'd say, you know, they say you have good days and bad days, and I've been doing something really strong, and it's because of our faith. I said, geez, if we didn't have just faith in, in our Lord and Savior Jesus and knowing that Brianna is in heaven, I probably would despair of any kind of hope or anything. But that is what keeps us going. And um, her sister, that you know, her sisters are doing well. Cheeky, her 17-year-old sister, is finishing up her senior year in high school and will be going um, to King's College in the fall in New York. So she's looking forward to that. But of course, missing Bree because she set it up to go to New York so, she, you know, they could meet and that kind of thing. Um, uh, James and Jack, the boys are doing well. George is doing well. Again, it's, you know, a lot of prayer, a lot of prayers by our friends that are helping us get through this. Yeah, Cindy, you've been so strong through all of this. I, I know just right before you called, we were talking about how, like, your strength has really enabled us to be stronger um, it's infectious. It really is. And and I think Brie was like that, too. And her strength and her faith while she was alive just really inspires us and continue to, continues to inspire us. Can you just go deeper about, um, you know, what, what your faith means to you and how um, you, it, it allows you to be so strong? It means, you know— it, I think of the verse, you know, that um, when Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be also. And I think of Brie, my gosh, you know, in, in my father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you. Um, I'm going off the top of my head here. <laughs> I've memorized since I was a kid, so you won't get chapter and verse necessarily from me. But, um, and, you know, so I know that the Lord is preparing places for all of us who believe, for all of us who um, have faith and believe in, you know, his work on the cross and his life, that he lived the perfect life um, to make that atonement, to be that sacrificial lamb, if you will. Um, and so those of us that, that believe and have faith um, will be with him again. And I know for Brianna, that was her um, her number one thing. She and George would have these conversations in the last, especially the last year of her life. And um, she said, gosh, dad, I just want I mean, I know I'm going to go to heaven. I just want to, you know, make sure. I mean, I know my faith, I will be there, but that's the most important thing to me. And I thought, who at 26 is so heaven-minded that they just think, 
you know, that's where I want to be. I just want to be with Jesus. I want to be with the Lord. And that was um, who she was and what she was about. And as I've read through, you know, she kept journals um, and diaries. And um, it's funny because I, I didn't realize how many she had kept. And, you know, they grew up watching me keep journals and diaries and records kind of thing. I have quite a few. And Brie did the same thing. So in reading through and just her, her desire to just grow closer with God and grow closer in, in her walk with the Lord. And it's, it's just, that's like comforting to me going, wow, she really lived it out. And um, like her compassion out on the street, you know, she lived as Christ would live, um, lived out her faith, helping those who were less fortunate. Um, <clears throat> it's interesting. We went and saw the movie Unplanned this weekend. And I thought, oh my gosh, I was crying because I thought, gosh, Bree would have been the first one in the theaters to see that. And she was all about, you know, as I went to her, through her apartment with her sister, Christina, and I was just talking to Kat and Brianna and saying, gosh, look at this. She filled this whole notebook. She was studying to be a crisis pregnancy counselor, and she had just finished all of the coursework and was basically set to be on the schedule to be, you know, in the clinic and <clears throat> being able to counsel young women in crisis pregnancy. So I thought, wow, this movie would have just been the cherry on the top for her. It would have it would have been great. Cindy, one one thing I want to ask you is, you're so strong. Your strength is beautiful. Um, your smile is infectious. Every time we would come home from work and see you during that week that you were helping move out her things, we were just, we took heart in that. You, you're just so strong. How do you, how do you have that strength in the midst of the suffering? And especially when you have young kids, you know, a family that, that rely on you still? Again, it goes back to, I mean, I remember being with my, my, my grandparents and them um, telling me Bible stories and my mom having me memorize scripture before there was Awana and all the great programs that they have at the church. You know, this is back in the 70s when I grew up. And so my mom would have me memorized scripture. And she said, this is the word of God. This is what you draw on. And I memorized a lot. Um, and so it's that scripture through the day. Sometimes I'll feel sad or start to cry and, and I'll let myself go ahead and cry. And then I remember, you know, just that, um, all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And I know that although we can't see how you know, it's like, how would this fit into a good plan of taking Brie at 26? I know that it does work together for good. I can't see the big picture. God knows, you know, past, present, future, and he sees all times, you know, at once if you were, if it were, and he knows how everything fits. And for his ultimate purpose and glory that Brianna, you know, her mission, if you will, was finished at 26. And, and knowing that, that she lived, um, a, she was so strong, and she lived just um, so passionate and packed so much in her life. When she would come and visit, I'd say, Bree, take it easy. She's like, Mom, no, and she just had this hamster on a wheel kind of mentality. <laughs> That's of how, how she described it to me herself. <laughs> she, described, she described that to me in one of our last major conversations we had. She says, I feel like a hamster on a wheel, but she wanted – um, to be like that right now, to live as much as she could um, before it was time to have a family of her own and, and take care of them. She wanted to pack her life in with so much, and she did. 
you can see so much of Brie in you, Cindy, too. Um, you just Aww. it makes Brie makes so much sense after meeting Absolutely. you, too. It's remarkable. <laughs> oh my gosh, it was so much fun being back in DC with you girls and Christina and having like those four days to right. just uh, not only just process and go through things, but to hear the stories and to you know go over memories. And it was just, um, just really, really. A, a great and special time that I'll always remember. Mm. Yeah, those were yeah. such precious moments to us. And it's crazy because Brie lived such a full, she squeezed everything out of life. Um, and she has such a legacy. Um, everybody who, who touched her life that she touched knows that mm-hmm. um, and knows the impact that they have. It's kind of, I really think, remarkable and unheard of for somebody so young to have such a wide-reaching impact that she did and clearly like you said Cindy um on mission um and so there's a scholarship fund um that I know that y'all started and um so maybe you could talk a little bit about that as sort of a way um to continue her legacy and to inspire the next generation which we know was something that was really close to Bree's heart um maybe you could tell us about that yes so we set up through GoFundMe uh the Bree Payton uh, Memorial Scholarship Fund, and we set it with a goal of fifty thousand, which we hit a couple of weeks back. So, yay! Um, <laughs> truly amazing. And in the midst of all of that, Patrick Henry College, which was Bree's alma mater, reached out to us and said, within just hours of her death, they had um, a, a donor through a private foundation that came forward and reached out to Patrick Henry. Said, I know this was her alma mater, and Whatever, um, whatever money that you're able to raise in terms of scholarship for Brie, we will match it. Oh my gosh! So, so we wrote a Is that amazing? So That's fantastic. Sent it last week, we sent it to Patrick Henry. They received it and they um, said, "Yep, they are working with the donor to get that matched, which basically means it will be funded. That this endowment, if you will, will be funded pretty much into perpetuity. It will be." you know, a lasting legacy where they will be able to give out scholarships every year to journalism students. And they didn't have any scholarship um, for journalism students up to this point. So that is super exciting That's that so her uh, message, that her her voice of conservatism and, um, um, you know, spreading spreading the gospel through what she did, even if she wasn't preaching the literal words of Christ, how she acted and how she lived out her life um, was a witness to him. But we're really excited about that. So donating to the scholarship and making it known is certainly one way to help Bree's legacy uh, live on. I'm curious, um, from your perspective, now that we're over three months out from Bree's passing, how can how can people continue to support? families like yours you know unfortunately you're not the only family who has experienced a loss like this and I think you know many of us on the other side who look at families like yours um, we want to help in some way and we know how to do that in in the couple weeks after but then you know a couple months out when perhaps the family needs it the most a lot of us are at a loss for what we can do. It's interesting that you bring that up because I was just thinking that last week. If I were to, I'm always having this. If I were to write a book on, and I have you know like three books in my mind. Okay, I'm essentially write a book. If I were to write a book on this or a little pamphlet, 
um, I would say it's reaching out with tangible things. For instance, I had a couple girlfriends that have um, text messaged me just in the last week or so and said, okay, the, the initial kind of, um, for lack of a better word, hullabaloo or whatever, all, all of the, you know, has passed and now it's just kind of quiet. Um, I would love to bring you and one of my friends makes a mean pot of chili. I would love to bring you guys chili and cornbread or, and, but same tangible stuff, not even, you know, like, what are you good at? Like volunteer that. I, I was thinking, my gosh, we had, we have a big box that literally we put all the cards and letters. My gosh, there are hundreds of them. And we started to go through them and it's just kind of overwhelming. And so I think, okay, for as one girlfriend came and, and went through a few of them with me, um, just tangible stuff. Hey, have you, have you read through all the cards and letters that, you know, your loved one received, would you like me to go through those with you? Can I come over and <clears throat> a friend came over and walked my dogs for me. What hmm. can I come and walk your dog? Yes. Oh your my poodles. Gosh. Can I come in? <laughs> um, little, little things like that means so much. Can I cut another girlfriend said, can I just come and sit with you while you go through like your, your office, um, balance all your QuickBooks, you know, just kind of tangible things, but just think, okay, offer like specific things because it's, if you need anything, let me know. I am not going to call any of those people because I don't want to. We all live busy lives. We all, you know, have a lot to do. And so I'm probably not going to call any of those favors in. But those that reach out tangible things, yeah. And like you said, especially a few months later. Mm-hmm. And to remember, remember the dates. Like I have different friends that have texted me on um, like the first month after she passed, the second month, the third month. And my daughter, Christina, goes um, to the cemetery oh gosh, every week or every other week. And just, um, we'll play flowers. We'll just go and spend time with her. Cause she literally drives by the cemetery to and from work every day. So, um, that's really sweet. But yeah, I would say the offering tangible things that, that, you know, that might mean something, even if it sounds weird, like pray about it and go, okay, all right, God, I'll just offer that. and <laughs> Just make an offer of it. <laughs> um, trips, like people, friends taking, um, Jack, I homeschooled all my kids, but Jack goes to Friday school. And, friends that have stepped in and done rides um, that have taken him out to lunch that have, Hey, we're going to go see a movie. Can we take Jack? Yes. You know, to get him out you know, of the house too, and to have, have him have special time with friends and all that kind of stuff really helped a lot. Yeah. Cindy, there are so many signs of Brie that we see um, throughout DC just in our daily lives. And I'm sure you see that, but just tenfold um, back in California. What are some of the signs that, that you kind of see that you know that, that Bree's kind of looking out from heaven and um, just any reminders that you that you get from her? Oh, it's so funny you say that because um, last week we were looking out. We have this really cool fountain in our backyard, and the birds and George won't put chemicals in it. I said, oh, put chemicals so it doesn't get green. He goes, no, I'll just clean it out and scrub it because I don't want to poison the birds. <laughs> And that's awful. <laughs> I just put a little chlorine in there. Mom, it's not going to hurt them. <laughs> There's no chemicals, fresh water for the birds. So the birds will come and we've been getting like so many cool, um, like yellow birds and just like colors that we haven't seen before wow. and just amazing. And we would sit there and um, we, we would talk about how much we loathe the idea of like cage birds in the house, just the mess and everything. I'm just not <laughs> the birds. But like out in nature, she's like, out in nature, they're totally fine. They're cute. Not in my house kind of a thing. And so Christine was like, oh my gosh, when you see birds or when you see stuff, does it remind you of Brie? And I said, okay, when I'm prompted to do something, like I was 
um, at the gas station last week, and there was this guy there delivering. The, it was like eleven or I'm a late night owl, so it was like mm, probably close to midnight. So I'm getting gas, and this guy was there delivering donuts for the next day, and um, just super nice guy, and just uh, I was just kind of struck, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna bless him. So we went out. And he told me he had two kids and that kind of thing. I always get the backstory like Bree would. So I know his whole history almost. So I went to my purse and got some money. And I went to me. I can't take money. I go, this isn't for me. This is for you. Like, go take your kids to a movie. Take them out to dinner. Take, you know, go do something fun. I said, this is not for you. Because I'm like, okay, he's working. I don't know if he could accept it. But I go, this is for your kids. And I thought, that's totally like Bree. Because we would be out together. And she would... Uh, when she was little, she'd say, Mom, Mom, there's a guy with a sign. Or there's a guy with a this. And, you know, she would make little lunches that we would pass out. We did that for a time so that we weren't actually handing money. Um, other times we would hand money out. But so anytime kind of I see that situation, I think of Bree. And, um, you know, what, what would she do? She would totally reach out. She would help. She would. Um, there's a homeless lady who kind of roams our, our city from time to time. Her name is Sally. And um, I was at Kohl's and I saw the like the cutest red dress and I'm like, oh, that would that would totally fit Sally. So I bought it. And my daughter's like, wait, you bought a dress for a homeless lady? I go, it was a prompting. What can I say? So <laughs> drove around looking for her and then I saw her one day. I'm like, oh my gosh, Sally! I reached in the trunk, I handed her the dress, and she's <laughs> like, oh, this is so me. How did you know? I'm like, oh, I just a little prompting and gave that to her. And so it's just kind of. When I get those little promptings from the Lord, and also I think you know, Bree's tied into that too. So mm-hmm. it, it's just really fun. You you can't outgive God, as they say, and Bree just loves to help um, you know those around her. And so when I see people like that in those situations, that's I totally think of Bree. That's so sweet and so Bree, um, <laughs> Cindy. I want to ask. Um, you know, we've been talking about how we remember Brie and how um, we want to be like Brie. Um, we want to hear from you. How do you want us, how do you want her friends in D.C. and the people she worked with and the people that she knew, how should they remember Brie? Okay, I asked my husband this this morning when he was getting ready um, to go to work. And I said, okay, dear, what would you say? And he said, okay, well, first of all, that Brie lived her life by her moral convictions. She didn't have, um, uh, and when she was writing or or on the news, she said she didn't have a narrative that she was pushing. She was simply telling the story how it was, not how she wanted to do it, not how she wanted it to be. She didn't twist it. He said it it was like real journalism back in the day when you would see people just reporting on the news or just telling the story. That's what, that's what she did. And she did it very well. And I mean, she called out, she called out Trump when she didn't like what he was doing. She called out different things. She called out people from both sides of the aisle and um, and lived by her convictions. And we're going over, um, the kids and I and George, what we want on her memorial, on her gravestone, if you will. And so I said, okay, well, we want it to say strong, clear, bright one, which is what her mm, name meant. Of course. Um, yes. She was a Christ follower, compassionate writer, journalist, loving daughter, sister, girlfriend, French fry queen. (laughs) (laughs) In and out. Yeah, messy eater. And we thought, okay, and uh, the scripture, I think, that would best sum up her life is from uh, Philippians 1.21, and it says, for to me, to live is Christ, and to die is king. 
Amen to that. But that that sums up sums up her life. She has gained, and yes, she is living in glory. And uh, we'll welcome all of us as we join her over the over the next you know years and stuff. Yes. Can't wait. I I can't wait to see her again. And I can't thank you enough for being willing to come on the podcast and share all this. I know it's not easy, um, but we are so grateful that you are helping us remember Brie in such a beautiful way. I know her family over at the Federalist um, keeps her very close to their hearts they send their love. Um, everybody here at the Daily Signal, who she produces podcasts with, uh, we all send our love. Um, please tell your family that we are here for them. Um, we hear from people every day um, who ask us how you all are doing. So I think it will mean a lot to everybody to hear your voice um, and, and hear that you are holding up. Um, and we will continue to spread the word about the scholarship and pray for your entire family. Thanks, Kelsey. Thank you so much. <laughs> you and Lauren are such, and Brianna and Kat, you guys, are, you ladies are just such sweethearts. So thanks for being with me today. We love you, Cindy. We love you, we love you Cindy. Love you too. That's it for this week's edition of Problematic Women. Special thanks to Lauren Evans, Kat Nickus, and Brianna Hurley for joining me today. Thanks, Thanks so much, Kelsey. Make sure to join us next Thursday morning for a brand new edition of Problematic Women. And in the meantime, please subscribe and share. Conservatives need your support in the podcast world, and we would greatly appreciate a five-star review on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. It really does make a difference. Have a great week, and thank you for helping us to remember our dear friend, Bree. This podcast was created by The Daily Signal, produced by Kelsey Bowler and Lauren Evans. Edited by Michael Gooden and Thalia Rampersad. Special thanks to The Daily Signal's editor-in-chief, Katrina Trinko. Looking for a short morning podcast to give you the news of the day without liberal bias? The Daily Signal podcast is a rundown of the top stories you need to know that the mainstream media is probably ignoring.